You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Volume. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. Uh, John Middlecoff is going to stop by in about uh, eight to ten minutes. We're going to do he's got some great insight on the Philadelphia Eagles getting uh, Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter. So they load up on the defensive front after having some free agent losses and the theory behind why the Eagles draft who they do. A couple of takeaways for me in the first round. The Packers continue over the last 20 years, 25 years with Favre and Aaron Rodgers to have great offenses, but they don't draft offense in the first round. They have such confidence in their quarterback play, their offensive coaching, and their drafting and developing that they draft offensive players in later rounds. So they go get the Iowa rush end, Lucas Van Ness, even though people speculated they needed a wide receiver. They certainly could have gotten the Ohio State wide receiver, Jackson Smith Najigba. They passed. He would have been a great get. Seattle got him later. So teams tend to do what they do. Uh, and John Middlecoff will talk a lot about why the Eagles draft the way they do. But the Packers go in the first round. I mean, look at Green Bay. They've had offensive coaches, star quarterbacks, excellent offensive lines for most of the last 25 years. It's what they do. They do offense really well. The Patriots, they do the secondary and linebackers very, very well. What does Belichick get? A corner, Oregon, drops to him. So people go back to what they do well. And uh, my takeaway on Green Bay, it's a deep tight end draft. The tight ends did not get gobbled up in the first round. So they're going to go get a tight end and a wide receiver. They have two picks in the second round. So Green Bay does what they often do. They needed an edge rusher. They get a Big Ten kid. It's in their geographical footprint. That's what the Packers do. You know, you know, I'm a Northwest kid, right? I thought Seattle did really, really well. First of all, Devon Witherspoon, many believed he was the best corner in the draft. Now, Seattle nailed uh, their draft last year. They got a starting corner in the fifth and the sixth, but very much in the building, it was understood Seattle wanted to get another wide receiver and they wanted to get another corner and another edge rusher. Well, by getting Witherspoon with their first pick, and then going get the wide receiver, the dynamic receiver that can play slot or outside with their second pick. Seattle has two seconds, a third, two fourths, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. They already have answered two of the three or four questions in the first round. I suspect they'll go interior offensive line and edge with their two second round picks. But I thought Seattle, if you go back to last year's first six picks 
and this year's first two picks. The Seahawks, I think, are now relying more on their GM and their scouting department. I, I did feel that Pete Carroll had a little bit too much say for years in their picks. I don't like my coaches having a huge say in picks. It's hard enough to be a great coach. Andy Reid stays away from it. Uh, Sean Payton largely stayed away from it. You let a really smart GM do the work. I think Seattle leans now back into their scouting department and John Snyder, and they have had great picks. Uh, I banged on the Seahawks for years with their picks. I think they nailed their first two picks. The other story, obviously, is Will Levis not getting picked. I did a a mock draft a couple days ago on Fox Sports 1. I did not have Will Levis getting picked. I think two things. He tests very well. He's a smart kid, but throws a ton of interceptions. And both the executives in the league I talked to that didn't like him said the same thing. He's falling in love with his arm. The gun show at the combine, the tight t-shirts, the bathroom selfie. A kid that smart should make much better decisions in the pocket. When he has time, he throws into traffic. He's got a little bit of a weird delivery, the position of the football. But I think the sense is with Will Levis is uh, Will Levis likes Will Levis. He loves his arm. He's undisciplined. He makes bad decisions. And it's a pretty bad sign when teams that need a quarterback have offensive coaches and they're not interested. I talked to one NFL coach on a team that was in the group of four or five teams that needed a quarterback. And kind of the takeaway was you can clean them up, but there's some things you may never get the stain out. Like you, you can't clean everything up. And I think when you had Bryce Young, he was easily the best quarterback. Uh, C.J. Stroud was arguably the most accurate quarterback. Anthony Richardson is the most dynamic athletic quarterback and a really humble kid. And Will Levis came off as a little cocky, in love with his arm, in love with his body. And you'll pay the price for that. You will pay the price for that. I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. I think he's a better prospect probably than Hendon Hooker. You know, the Tennessee offense scares people. It's it's a really collegiate offense. It doesn't ask you to do things. Greg Gosell talked about this on my show yesterday, Thursday. The Tennessee offense is really a college offense. And so the feeling is Hooker's already old to begin with. It would probably take him a year of development to start in the NFL. He's going to go, obviously, in the second round. Will Levis will, too. But listen, there's a lot of teams at the top of that second that need receivers and tight ends and do not need quarterbacks. So Will Levis may fall even further. You know, I feel bad anytime I sit and watch a kid sit in the green room and not get picked. But by the time your season ends to the draft weekend, you can absolutely elevate yourself, not just by a pro day and a combine. I don't think Will Levis did himself any favors with the bathroom selfie. I mean, ask yourself this. Every time you see a guy in a bathroom selfie, do you not think the same thing? Really, bro? That that's your picture? Kind of lacks (laughs) self-awareness? If you're a franchise quarterback, you got to know better. You got to do better. The NBA playoffs are upon us. 20 teams get in, all trying to get that one crown. For last-minute amazing deals to watch your favorite NBA team, it can be the Warriors, it could be the Kings, it could be the Sixers, it could be the Bucks. 
To get great last-minute deals on amazing tickets, check out GameTime, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the United States. It's called GameTime. Doesn't stop, by the way, with the NBA. They've got NHL tickets, Major League Baseball tickets. They've also got concerts and comedy shows. Game Time. Download the Game Time app and the redeem code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download the Game Time app. Enter the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N, for $20 off. NBA playoffs, baseball season just starting here in April, NHL as well. No matter where you live, get out, have some fun this week and this year. Download the Game Time app, last minute ticket deals, lowest prices guaranteed. Winter's coming here in LA, that means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Pirelli test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, let's bring on John Middlecoff. You know him. You love him. Uh, He's part of the Volume Podcasting Digital Network. We love having him. Former NFL scout. Uh, okay, let's start. I, I thought the first thing that jumped out to me is good teams uh, and good GMs get value. The Belichick gets Christian Gonzalez, <laughs> right? Middle of the first, a very good corner. And the Eagles got to me the best player I watched in college football uh, at the number nine pick. They moved up a spot. I mean, to me, Philadelphia, again, they've got the culture. They think they have the coach. You know, Fletcher Cox age. I, I thought Philadelphia got the best player. You know the organization well. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I think first and foremost, if you remember several years ago, they drafted Jalen Rager uh, instead of Justin Jefferson. And it really kind of bit him in the ass, right? I mean, Justin Jefferson went on to be one of the best players in the league and Jalen Rager's not even on their team. I think, I mean, I know that they kind of got together as an organization and said, why are we out thinking the room here? Take the best players from the best programs. What have they done the last couple of years? Devontae Smith, Alabama Heisman Trophy. Jordan Davis, starting defensive tackle at Georgia National Championship. Uh, trade for A.J. Brown, an SEC blue chip guy who, who's dominating. Yeah, Nicobe Dean, they draft you know, from yep. Georgia in, in the second round. They also, I, I think one thing Howie and obviously Jeffrey Lurie, they know well from the Andy years and they've carried it over into their good teams with Doug Peterson in this last couple of years. His culture is really big. And when you have these veteran guys, like, why do you re-sign Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham? They're, they're done because they bring a lot to the table. Yep. And then when you get a situation like this, what's this guy going to do? Act like an idiot around those two guys? I mean, Brandon Graham stripped Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl. He's been in the league for 12, 13 years. Fletcher Cox, you know, is is an all-time great eagle. And while he's, you know, on the other side of his career, is just an SEC guy. The other thing they have now, to me, and I... 
in football, it's different than like AAU, right? If you meet a kid from LA or New York, AAU, they all play together in basketball. They've all played in football. If I'm from LA, I don't know the guy from New York or Seattle or Florida, right? Beside in college, if I play them, well, the SEC guys all know each other, right? right? And they all kind of roll together. Well, think about their team, Colin, Devontae Smith, Alabama, Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis, the new Georgia guys, Fletcher Cox, SEC guy, AJ Brown, SEC guy. Jalen Hurts, well, I think we think Oklahoma, three years, Alabama, SEC guy. So their core, they all kind of speak the same language in terms of that Southern football culture. Yep. Obviously, they all come from elite programs, especially the Bama and Georgia guys. It's a risky pick. I mean, this guy, I think, scared a ton of teams, as you could see him going to nine. Like, that's pretty telling. But I think Howie feels very good about their infrastructure, not with their coaches, with their players, to kind of operate a lot like Belichick used to do for years with Tom and some of their core guys where they, as it went on, they started taking some flyers because they felt really good about their main guys. It's, you can't act like an idiot when the, when the top guys you, 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 you look up to and are kind of like, you know, you have a lot in common with. So I, I think that was, I mean, an easy pick for them, obviously. Yeah. And by the way, if, for those of you uh, uninitiated, uh, John's a former scout. This is the kind of insight you get, which I've never heard anybody talk about that. But I think you're right on the money. And um, the other thing that jumped out to me is I've said with C.J. Stroud, he is a first round quarterback. I don't see a ton of juice. He's accurate. Jared Goff is a very accurate comp. I think he's a little better runner than Jared. But, you know, there was a lot of speculation i kind of fell for it that they would get jalen carter or will anderson what did you make of the texans getting stroud what did it tell you one thing i, I was i was stunned uh in the sense that they just got a brand new coach who's young and i'm a big believer in D'Amico. when i was with the eagles we traded for him as a player because of his character and i've you know lived in the bear for a long time went to the practices kyle shanahan swears by the guy I think he's going to be a stud head coach. I mean, yeah. he's just, he's been good at everything he's ever done in his entire life. I don't know why it's going to stop. Little, I mean, I, obviously, I understand why the GM and the front office and the owner needs to get a quarterback. You look at their, but if you're D'Amico, why rush into this? You know, I, I, I think a lot of people in the NFL, he throws a beautiful ball. Yes. But when you look at Ohio State these last couple of years, a lot like Tua when he was Alabama, I mean, Colin, you're talking about three or four. Top 15 wide receivers on their team. They're not like a couple guys that play in the NFL, right? These are top 15 picks. Well, technically in Jigba, 20, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is it. And the speed difference in the Big Ten relative to even two in the SEC, the, the advantage Ohio State has. I, I do think that Georgia game, though, because the, the Jared Goff comp was definitely something that kind of stayed with you. But that yeah. Georgia game, he was running around. He looked like kind of a different player. Yeah. Um, now, I, I don't know what your take was, but the take of like uh, when he responded to the test, I'm not a test taker. I'm a football I player. That. I didn't love that. Qu quarterbacks get held to a higher standard, man. Right. You know, I mean, right. you're not you're not playing slot receiver DB. Here. So, I mean, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Lamar, you goes, those guys don't they don't get defensive over stuff like that. Uh, but risky move I, I actually thought their move trading back up to get will anderson who i liked a lot but holy moly they gave up a lot to go back from 12 to 3 especially but i guess when you're in the when you've drafted the quarterback and they got all these picks coming from deshaun watson maybe they're they're not thinking about caleb williams and drake may anymore obviously you know i think it's interesting um the bears picked darnell Wright, so he engulfed the tennessee tackle engulfed will anderson when they played yeah. Will Anderson was totally ineffective. 
And um, I think Mel Kuyper said it, that you could be looking at the best player on the draft. It's very interesting because last year the Bears went into the offensive line and they got a tackle from Southern Utah who started at left tackle for them. Uh, I thought they might go Skaronsky and go on the inside. But, but you know, these days, John, people look at tackles is you got to play both left or right. So my takeaway, I thought they would go with a defensive coach. They went and got a corner and a safety last year, and they really spent some money on offense in the offseason. So, you know, they went and got uh, another tight end with Cole Komet. Uh, they went and got, you know, another receiver, DJ Moore. So my takeaway was, um, wow, they're going to go on defense with the defensive coach. And they go and get Darnell Wright, the tackle. And I my takeaway is – they're taking away the excuses for Justin Fields. Like the feeling is now like, hey, man, by the way, Atlanta's doing this with Bijan Robinson. They're like, okay, what they're saying is Desmond, offensive coach, top six offensive line. We got you Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan. Desmond, if you can play, this is good enough to move the sticks. So I kind of, I mean, my takeaway on the Bears was this tackle is, hey, we're going to make sure. If Justin Fields doesn't make it, it's not because we didn't help him. Am I am I reaching on that? I actually thought coming into the draft that the Bears were a sneaky uh, destination for Bijan Robinson because the same mindset, right? We got you, DJ Moore. We got you, Mooney. We got you, Komet. We got you now, Bijan Robinson. Let's see what you got, Claypool. Yes, yeah, same thing. Uh, the Bijan to Atlanta, and and I'm with you. I, I think. Chicago is definitely just going to be pretty open-minded this year. If it doesn't work, they'll pivot next year. That's He's right. not their guy. And if it does, let's keep on rocking and rolling. And they got a bunch of picks, right, coming from Carolina. The Bijan Atlanta, I remember watching Atlanta last year play the Niners before Jimmy got hurt, and they kicked their ass. And they ran the ball right down their throat. They got multiple running backs, multiple offensive weapons. Bijan Robinson, you can't talk to anyone in the NFL that's like, this is, you could argue if you if he was a, defensive end or a right tackle he would have been the number one player in the draft he's literally i had two gms tell me he's the cleanest player in the draft yeah character the whole thing so i I, i'm not against high character great players but that position when you already got running backs and your coach became a star by coaching a second round guy in derrick henry when your defense is hideous and like you said they already have they've invested in uh in london last year who was a much better pro than I envisioned. I liked him at USC, but he looked really interesting last year. And obviously yeah. Kyle Pitts, like they got some weapons and their their guy can scheme the run game. And their O-line, John, PFF had it top five. I didn't quite understand that pick. Now that's been out there. I, I, it wasn't shocking because people are saying like, keep an eye on Atlanta with Bijan Robinson. And it came true, unlike some of these other earlier picks. But I, that one's a little bit of a head scratcher, not because the g- guy can't dominate, just because... Their defense is terrible. I think statistically, I mean, they were as bad as any defense in the league in a lot of different categories. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires, ship fast and free to you, or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? 
They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Michelin test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. So one of the things that's um, interesting is that Michael Mayer, the tight end for um, Notre Dame, uh, Dalton Kincaid was the first tight end taken at 25. So I was told, um, good edge rusher draft, good tight end draft. Um, you know, Cowboys end up going with Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle, Michigan, which is, which is not a stunner because it's been a position of need for them. And they have by getting Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs, they're good at corner. They've got a great athlete in Micah, Demarcus Lawrence on the edge. So that, that pick for the Cowboys didn't bother me. He was, I saw him on two mock drafts as the first pick in the second. So I, that didn't bother me with Dallas because my takeaway is they're just going to get a tight end later. There's, there are good tight ends in the third, fourth and fifth round. And they clearly got pushed down in this draft, right? I think a lot of us thought they were going to go in the top 20. I also think if you're the Cowboys, you look at this. I think the NFC has a clear tier, right? I mean, there are three teams. You would rank them Philly, Niners, Dallas. But Dallas gave the Niners everything they could handle in that playoff game. And you go, we know Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball. And he'll run it right down our throat. So we need a big body. And Philly ultimately, like the run game with their quarterback at any moment. And and new, the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley. This is a real, yeah. I mean, if you look at the way to beat Philadelphia, that offensive line with Kelsey You've got to win the point of attack. I think that's a great point is that I think Dallas looked at this. You're probably right. And they just said, we got to play Philadelphia twice. We we have to figure out a way. They can't just – Kelsey is one of the top three centers maybe of my lifetime. Yeah, he's a stud. He's a stud. You can't be totally manipulated at the point of attack. So, I, I you know, when you were with the Eagles, do you sometimes look in your division and go, okay – this this is a left tackle. I mean, he's literally engulfing our people. Do you look at personnel and division? One thing Howie did, and this, this was a long time ago, and I know he still does this, is now his team's now on that level. But the four teams that are in the final four, you know, the two NFC teams and the two AFC teams, he keeps those rosters in his in his room, and uh, you know they follow. You can't help it in the NFL. Your division is just your direct competition. You, you right. view it much. You know, if you're a Dallas Cowboys, you view the Eagles. Not as much over the last, you know, twenty years, the the football team, like you do, you know, the Eagles and the Giants, right? If you're the 49ers, Seattle and the Rams, I mean, you're just watching everything they do because it just 
it impacts you exponentially more because you play them twice every year, no matter what, while the other divisions rotate. And speaking of, I mean, I thought Seattle, you know, I, I just think Pete, you know, a lot of people thought Jalen Carter, he, he takes some swings. They did not mess around with that, which I understand everyone I know and teams that had no shot of getting this guy, they loved Witherspoon. Kind of a throwback to, you know, some of those teams they had with Russell Wilson, those LOB teams. Absolute just MF stud. I mean, big time tackler can play inside, outside. You can move them around, can tackle. And then think they get about, John, Ohio think State. about Seattle. Why? Seattle's got two twos, a three and two fours. So of their three needs, one was Lockett DK. They needed another receiver. They needed, they wanted another. And they got one. I mean, he's good. He's awesome when healthy. Yep. And then they got a, a wide receiver and then they get, you know, um, uh, Jackson Smith, Nick, the Jigba. So they end up getting two of their three needs. I think they need a guard now. And then a, a later, an edge rusher. But I mean, if you look at last year's pick on ESPN, they put up the last six or seven, like great young players. I mean, they are. They had a run, John, where I think Pete Carroll and Paul Allen passed. They had a run where Pete had too much control in the draft. And it feels like they've given it back to John Snyder and the scouting department. They have not missed on a pick. They got the last- tackles. They got Kenneth Walker. I mean, they, they, they got a good young nucleus. I mean, they, they, got- they won nine games where I'm guilty. I thought they were going to be terrible. And they, they were they were really good. And I think they're going to be even better. I mean, because they got so many young pieces that they're building around. Okay, so I think we both agree Seattle did well. So, uh, Jameer Gibbs, the running back. So, people are going to bang on Detroit's picks. Now, Gibbs is a very dynamic. And again, Alabama, big school. You see him run over guys and run past guys in the SEC. So, you know, my takeaway on Detroit is the last two drafts with this front office, John, I've really liked him. And so part of me thinks to myself with Swift and Gibbs as they're trying to take, they love their O-line. Okay. They solve their corner issue a little bit, right? Are they basically saying is we want to take the pressure off Jared Goff? Or, I mean, I was watching them high five in the room. Like this was not a pick they had trepidation over. These guys were high fiving. What did it say to get a running back when they have Swift? Um, because their O line can control, I think can control a lot of the defensive fronts in that division. Is that what they're saying? I, I think in most, most drafts, when you see a guy that you go, you know, I think it's fair to say going into the any draft, a guy like him is like a early second, you know, somewhere in like 32 to 40 pick. This draft was viewed as pretty terrible. Like yeah. the difference between pick eight and 25, you know, you, you might not be able to tell the difference. Like Kincaid right. going 25 to the Bills might be no different than the sixth pick, you know. So it's just time will tell. People were not that comp. This was not Jamar Chase and the Waddles and the Panay Sewells and the Michael yes. Parsons. That wasn't this draft. So when you go, well, they got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff when he had a great running game, right? With Sean McVay in, in with LA. And last year, Jared Goff statistically was excellent. Well, they had another pick and they got a linebacker. So their defense, I mean, I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a really, really good player. To me, he's got some whiffs of Joey Bosa. I mean, he's he's got a chance to be a 12, 15 sack guy next year immediately. So if their defense is just incrementally better, their offense... I mean, the USC wide receiver they have is a stud. Like you said, their offensive line is a stud. Their coach 
while he's an offensive because he's a tight end, is really wired more like a defensive tackle. I mean, right. he wants to be a tough physical guy. I'm with you. If you love this guy, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I watched them last year and they were an yes. impressive operation. So I think Absolutely. they know the wiring. The other thing is Dan Campbell came from Sean Payton, you know, over that five or six year run when he got fired from Miami and went there, became his assistant head coach. They had really good drafts during that time when the Saints were really good at the end of the 2000, you know, the teens, right? The 17, 18, 19. So I think he knows the wiring of the guys. Remember, sometimes the Saints, you'd be like, well, they did that and then it would work out. Right. So I, I, I'm I'm with you. It's It was a little eye-opening because you see the second running back come off at, at 12. But I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I know their play style and I know what they want to do. I when, The other thing is, when's the last time a running back from Alabama beside Trent Richardson hasn't worked in the NFL? You watch them all over the league. They're all successful players. Well, and Jared Goff's history is when Gurley was healthy, he's been a really good quarterback. When Jared gets in trouble, it's third and long. Okay, so... Is Detroit saying, we love our OC. We just don't want to get in third and long. You and I know. I saw Goff outduel Mahomes. When they had Gurley and they could run, Jared was getting you to the Super Bowl. It's when the O-line aged and they didn't have a consistent run game. Now you lean on Jared Goff and it's not pretty. right? So I look at Detroit and I think they love their OC. They have good young receivers. Excellent O-line. Swift got banged up, and maybe they're just saying, listen, we're just going to do a one-two punch. And we're going to – and by the way, in that division, the D-line for the Vikings, the D-line for the Packers, the D-line for the Bears. Are you going to pick them to win the division? You picked Minnesota last year. To me, it, obviously injuries can happen, but Detroit would be my pick as of recording this today to win the, yeah, win and the I, North. And again, I think our, is Detroit looking at that division and thinking our O-line is significantly better in those – Six games against the D-lines in our division. Can we go five and one in that division? For sure. And in a weird way, because they haven't even made the playoffs, right? But if you assume that they're going to be in the mix, the three teams that are at the top of the conference, the Eagles, the Niners, and Cowboys, are all physical teams. So you're get, this is not a lightweight fight. You're getting in the ring to fight heavyweights. So you have to be willing to play like that. And Dan Campbell is now building a team who they draft their second pick in the first round, a linebacker from Iowa, right? I mean, he, they have a type of guy that they're looking for to build their team. And honestly, that should translate to playing the Cowboys, the Eagles, and just give them a chance, if not in 23, the next couple years. Uh, obviously, you know, Jared Goff is going to be the guy we talk about the most, but he's proven if you can do it around them. And their roster, I, I like the lot what the Lions have going on a lot. So... um I mean, the, the Will Levis situation, um, I talked to people that I really trust, and their big concern with him was, listen, the kid is smart. We know his mom went to an Ivy League school, Yale. We know he's a four-point student. Why is his judgment so bad? And what I heard was Jay Cutler, is that Jay Cutler was arrogant and obstinate. And if Jay wanted, Jay had a rope, Jay had an arm, and if Jay wanted to sling it, he didn't give a shit what the coach said. And Jay, I, I'll argue it forever. Jay had one of the best arms in the league when he played. He had an absolute hose. But Jay was stubborn, rigid, difficult. And people worried. Will Levis with the selfies, the gun show, look at me, the combine. He wore a muscle shirt. I had, I had a head coach and a GM told me they 
hated that. I mean, I listen, uh, Brady Quinn works at Fox and I like Brady, but that was one of the knocks I heard is that an at, you can't be jacked as a quarterback. You have to be fluid and lo- you don't see biceps on Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning. Your take on Will Levis dropping. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that he was a fascinating player coming into the season and then the season was a disaster. And I, I had people that really like him. That aren't necessarily quote unquote decision makers, but are, you know, high in their organization and said if coming out his junior season or whatever, two years ago, when Liam Cohen, right, the Rams guy was his offensive coordinator, he would have been a lock top five pick. Then he goes to Rich Scangarello, who a lot of people are down on, disastrous season. And then, like you said, kind of has a bad off season. The lifting things, you're not playing offensive tackle or linebacker. No one cares. It's about pliability. It's about fluidity. And that's a big knock on his game is fluidity, touch. And we've seen so many guys, Brady Quinn, Kaepernick got really big. Whether you can throw at 120 miles an hour, if you can't throw a strike, who cares? You're not going to make the big leagues, right? So touch is a big issue with him. I also think that like Anthony Richardson, who this raw guy was viewed as very moldable. One thing I have heard, like when he went and met with people, they were just like, you know what? This guy means well. Like, I would love to be around this guy. There was a lot of positive vibes around him. Very grateful. Like Anthony Richardson wrote a penned a letter. He was like humble and grateful. And it's like, John, you look at that and you think, okay, this kid wants to learn. Yeah. And whether it works out, only time will tell. And more the history would show us it probably won't. But I know that a lot of people were down on him. And during the process came away the opposite, like, I'm rooting for this guy. I think this guy, not crazy to go in the top five. His The ceiling is sky high. And I think Will Levis started getting more negative and negative. Not, like you said, anything malicious. Right. But the, the buff stuff, the, the lifting, the pictures on Instagram within the last month, like, what, what are we doing? You know, it's just, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he tumbled. I mean, this was a guy that I, I think after last season, 21, when Kentucky had the really good year, uh, I, I don't see how he wouldn't have been a top five pick. Not with those measurables, right? But then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I clearly the league is very... I mean, this is a quarterback star of the league for no one to touch him, right? It's crazy. Okay, so um, we get to the first round. So I, I was told um, by the people I trust that there people felt there was about 12. Usually there's 18, about 12 first round players. And then from about 13... Until about the 12th pick in the second round, they're all about the same. So, um, Will Levis is probably going to go at the, my guess, top of the second. Um, you know, dra- Rams have a lot of picks, uh, a second, two thirds, uh, three fifths, three sixths. When I looked at the Rams, I thought to myself, if you're the Rams and you have, you got to get an edge, you got to get another receiver. I think they want to back interior offensive lineman, corner, tight end. Um, and you and you had 11 picks, no first. Would you be willing to forego, if you're less Sneed, four or five of those picks to just go get a second second, have two thirds, get rid of your seventh, your sixth, and two of your fifths, and just say, we need about six guys with Stafford and Cooper Cup coming back. Wildly productive guys. We're going to go and get about six players. Do you think teams would consider doing that, giving up like they have two sevens, three six, three fives? What for them specifically? I, I talked to a buddy. I think most people acknowledge the Arizona Cardinals right now are viewed as the worst team in the league, right? Just roster wise, just a disaster. And a buddy of mine was like, 
in the league on a really good team was going, well, look at the Rams. I mean, their their roster is very questionable at best for a team that tries to win it every year and be in the mix. So, yeah, I mean, I, I they never live in the short term. Now, the only thing would be, and I, they're not really built like this, assuming Stafford is healthy, would they want to just take it on the chin and go for one of the guys next year? And you'd go, well, based on McVay's history, could he take a season at two or three wins? I, I would highly doubt that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would be shocked if they don't get super aggressive tomorrow, you know, in the second and third round, because they are not, you know, like a lot of businesses are I think not just about 23, but about 25, 26 in any industry. That has not been their history. And especially with, with Sean, right, who at any moment, you know, or any given year for them could get $15 million to go call games. So we are doing this at the very tail end of the first. So not only did the Eagles get Jalen Carter, they got Nolan Smith as an edge with the 30th pick. They, they go blue chip guys from the best conference. Yeah. I, I, that, that's an edict in the organization. And it pops on television, right? When you watch them play. The, the 49ers don't necessarily have that. Like they don't, you don't need to be from the SEC, but they have a clear, you're playing personality. If you don't play like a certain personality, they're not messing with you. They, they, they want like, a specific guy. Yeah. I mean, the Niners really draft physical players. You become what you draft, right? Like it's, it's, you know, you, you become what you eat, what you watch, what you draft. Like if you look at the, if you look at the Eagles and the Niners, they are just wildly physical teams. It's one of, you know, Hendon Hooker or Will Levis, who goes first? I think Will Levis still goes first just based on two years ago. You know, it's weird in these draft rooms, you still talk about what they were in high school, what they were maybe early on in their career if it turned, yeah, yeah. A, you know, turned a negative corner and the guy struggled. So, Hendon Hooker had one year. He's also the same age as Sam Darnold. <laughs> Sam Darnold just played on his fifth year option last year. So, I mean, and, and he's got a torn ACL. Uh, I, I think, you know, if you were going to be in the in the business of taking a quite to me, it's a no brainer. You, you would take Will. Le the other thing, Will Levis has played now one year. He struggled the other year in NFL offense for two years. The Tennessee offense, while wildly successful in college, is not viewed by most and most NFL people as as, you know, transferable immediately to, That's the, right. to the field. So I, I back to the Eagles, I, I think they have really just stayed so true to this. The SEC guys, the big picture guys, think about the trade, how they ended up here. Two years ago, they traded Carson Wentz to the Colts, which ended up being a first round. So he had all those first round picks and then they didn't need them all. So they traded to the Saints who were desperate to live in the moment. And that led them to get the Saints pick this year, which led them to Jalen Carter. And then just their own pick led them to Nolan Smith, who let's face it, the only reason he's there that late is he was banged up this season. I mean, he's a... In a draft like this year, a guy like that healthy at that program with those measurables and that speed, no way he's there. You know, I guess technically it's 31, but because Miami gets their pick taken, it's the 30th pick. Um, yeah, the Eagles are just, there's a reason when you watch them play, their speed, their talent at every position. I mean, they're they're not taking guys from from random schools anymore. I mean, look, look at their top talent. Look at, look at the programs they play in. All right. Uh, John Middlecoff. Three and Out, a volume podcast, does his golf as well. A good 30 minutes with John. We appreciate everybody stopping by. John, we will talk soon. Thanks, buddy.
the volume. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure, download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.